and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogel. My guest this week is Anne Cusack. Now, the actress is a member of the very talented Cusack family, alongside John and Joan. Even their brother Bill did a little acting. They all were in the great movie Gross Point Blank. Now, Anne got her first film role in 1992 in A League of Their Own. She played Shirley Baker, the left fielder who could not read. Can't believe the movie celebrated its 30th anniversary last year. Anne talks about the legacy of the movie, just how much fun it was filming it, and just working with some of the stars in the movie, including Tom Hanks and Madonna. She ended up working with Tom Hanks again in the movie Sully. She played flight attendant Donna Dent. She talks about just how grueling the training is for flight attendants and how we really shouldn't take them for granted. On TV, she starred in the Lifetime sitcom Maggie. We talk about that. She also played Jeff Foxworthy's wife in his sitcom. Had a ton of memorable guest starring roles on TV, including Fargo, Star Trek Enterprise, Scandal, Ghost Whisperer, The Unit, Boston Legal. The list goes on and on. As well as an actress, she's a very talented singer, fronting the band Ann Cusack and Generation Jones Band talk about that as well and she was so lovely i had a good time talking with her and i hope you enjoy my conversation so and thank you so much for joining me today and happy new year oh happy new year to you it's yeah. lovely to be here yeah so when do you stop actually saying like happy new year like how how far into the year do you actually like stop saying it well i Two, two ways to go. One is just through the first week of January. That's what I do, yeah. The other is um, within the first couple weeks, if you haven't seen someone since before New Year's, you could yeah. say. Right. Those are my little rules. That's what I follow. Yeah. I've, like, the I think the latest I've said it was, like, by Martin Luther King weekend. I figure three weeks into the year, that's usually pretty good. But, like, once February, it's like, eh. <laughs> Just say, hello how's it going you know <laughs> yeah but uh yes i this was you know great you know to get you on and i had um uh what's it called jim's pitock's better half you know you on right now and uh you know jim uh, about a month ago i absolutely loved talking to jim but how is he fortunate enough to uh to uh, wrangle you in <laughs> That's that's funny. Well, we were working on a movie. We met on the film Multiplicity. Okay, that's um, what I And um, uh, he was uh, married at the time, and you know his his daughter was I think uh, I don't know if she was one year old. So we met then, and then um, you know we were hanging out. We were working for a couple weeks, and uh, and kind of stayed in touch a little bit because I was running a nonprofit, and he was. Um, he was helping me. He was working with at-risk kids. Okay. So, uh, and then I didn't hear from him again until he wished me a happy birthday and Facebook, and that sort of started it. Right. Many, many, many years later, like sixteen or seventeen years later. So, oh wow! <laughs> and at that point, he had divorced, uh, and and you know, was in a different place in his life. So, right. Yeah, he's, he's a great. Yeah, no, uh, that's great because, you know, both of you are extremely talented and um, his book is great. So everyone uh, check it out. Call my pants down. Uh, 
the audiobook's great because he narrates it as well and he is he's so talented as well as you and you mentioned multiplicity so let's just start there because it's you know a great movie um yeah it was really you know, fun you're co-starring Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton. And uh, you had a great scene with him. <laughs> and Jim actually was the waiter in, in that scene. So it was just kind of funny. Major D, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, just for if, you know, people, uh, basically the premise of the movie is, is Michael Keaton gets um, cloned three times and um, he's married to Andy McDowell and, uh, he take he and Andy go to this their favorite restaurant, and one of the clones takes me because I'm the love interest of one of the clones uh, to the same restaurant. So then it it's about getting the clone and me out of the restaurant without Andy McDowell seeing either one of us. Yeah. So there's a lot of physical comedy in that particular scene. We had a lot of fun shooting it. Yeah, uh, the, the, I love the line where he's like he falls to the ground. It's like an old football injury, and you're like, "Oh, you played football, the Rose Bowl?" No, I was just fell out of the stands. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's, Michael is so lovely, and he's so great to work with, and and um, he's really funny. He's well, everybody he's so talented. You know, it was just sort of a privilege to work with him. Really. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a bad role. You know, whether it's dramatic and or comedic, he's yeah. Now, if if you could clone yourself, what would the first thing you would have your clone do? Um, do my taxes, <laughs> my finances. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the in our industry, there's uh, the job, and then there's getting the job. So right. I would put the clone onto getting, you know, hustling for the next job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah has there ever been a time where like you would go for an audition or like your agent will tell you oh they're looking for an Ann Cusack, Cusack type but you didn't get no. the no 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 I didn't get that but I did get uh they did do that um for my sister Joan okay so, um the casting was a Joan Cusack type and so they brought me in for oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, which was weird yeah but I could uh I didn't get the part, um, and I, I, it was too hard to, to try to imitate her because I'm so, we're so, you know, close. So yeah. it was just, so that was, but that was funny and kind of odd. Right. And I mean, I know you've worked with your siblings, you know, before you worked with Joan on, on her, you know, sitcom and like all of you in uh, Gross Point Blank. Now, how much fun is it to be on the set with your siblings, like working and just, you know, Doing a meal, oh, I, I love it because they're yeah. great. I mean, they're so talented. I mean, and they're really generous and they really know what they're doing. And it's just really fun. You know, it's really, it's really fun. I don't know how to, you know, there was in Gross Point Blank, there was uh, four of us right. in it. Um, you know, Joni, myself, I played, you know, one of his um, classmates when yeah. he hit the music. And then also my brother, Bill, right. our brother, Bill, uh, he was also in it as well. So it was really, you know, it's really fun. I mean, they're really great people. So I'm very fortunate right. that I like them because otherwise it would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, you guys do get the credit, but you guys should get more credit of being like one of the more talented families in Hollywood because you hear about so many other families, whereas all of you are great. 
and I, I don't want to like bash anyone else, but like, look, you mentioned here the ball wins a lot, and it's just like, eh, you know, well, it's a big difference. Whereas you guys are all great. Well, that's very kind. I, you know, it's I, I don't have a a total perspective about myself, but I, right. I absolutely feel like my my siblings um, are 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 amazing. Really, they're really really great and and um you know there's reasons why you know Joni got nominated for two oscars and yeah. john has carried so many you know iconic films so you know now when you guys get together whether holidays or whatever do you guys just strictly keep it like you know kind of personal stuff not talking shop at all no we don't really talk about um you know i, I might say something well you know i'm i mean we basically know what you know, films or shows or things like that are going on, but we don't really talk about it very much. It's not yeah. about that. It's about really kind of hanging out and, yeah. and really. So, who's the better baseball player, you or John? Oh, you know what? That's that's it's <laughs> not a that's not a nice question. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have said you, you know, because you didn't um, cheat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, probably, uh, probably John, but um. I think I like to play catch more than he does. Okay. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, being your first movie role, I mean, that's like yeah. hitting it out of the park, you know, bad, you know, pun intended in your first role. But how much did the audition for like, the baseball audition come first before the actual acting audition? And how did that like come about? Yeah, I, I, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, when Penny, when Penny came on to the, you know, bless her heart. Yeah. You know, R.I.P. Yeah. She changed the trajectory of all of our lives. You know, all together, and we, we, most of the gals who are the Rockford peaches in it, um, we've, we've stayed in touch, and we actually celebrated thirty years. Of yes. The movie. Yeah, we went to. We were in. Uh, went to. Um, uh, went to Wrigley Field, okay. and Cubs were so gracious. We had the wonderful day. I got to sing the national anthem, which was such a right. coup for me and huge because, we're, you know, my family's such a Cubs fan. Yeah. So, um, but uh, to answer your question, um, yes, I, I had to, they uh, filmed me doing drills, you know, baseball drills. And once um, Penny decided that she wanted me to be in the film, uh, I then came to uh, Los Angeles and then, um, but I didn't know what role I was going to read. Okay. what role I got. So um, it wasn't until I got to uh, Los Angeles that I found out I was going to be Shirley Baker. Right. And, yeah. I mean, you know, being a comedy, there are a lot of like dramatic scenes, whether, you know, finding out that you know, certain husbands have passed away and whatnot, but your scene was really powerful too, trying to find your name on the roster and you, obviously you can't read. And then, uh, and Ramsey comes out and, you know, it helps you, uh, you know, find your name um and you had a lot of scenes with madonna as well you know whether it was learning how to read in the erotic book and then you know in the dance and like outside the bus now do you get starstruck still like at a certain because it's your first movie you're working with so many you know big names but was that like a starstruck oh, yeah. moment oh, between oh. her oh, oh yeah absolutely i mean i just you know my whole thing because that was the first I, I wasn't unfamiliar with being on film sets right that was but you know it was there was tom hanks and then 
Katy Petty and then Madonna came on and I just was like, oh, just help me not make an ass out of myself yeah. while we're shooting and that they would keep all of my scenes in the movie. So, I mean, I was absolutely, you know, uh, intimidated. I just didn't want to make an ass out of myself. Right. Of, like, Penny, come on. Yeah, come exactly. On. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was... Um, I mean, it was uh, amazing. I mean, there was one point I was so, <laughs> so stressed. We were so, I was so stressed out at one point um, that I ended up getting a lot of cold sores on my bottom lip. Okay. Penny came up to me and she just goes, well, just put your hands over your mouth and you can yell that way. <laughs> so that, you know, I could be on camera because I right. needed camera, but, you know, but my lips, my bottom lip was a mess. So I couldn't shoot that, you know? Right. Yeah. So it was, um, but it was amazing. There were a lot of practical jokes that were on the set. And, you know, Tom Hanks was just brilliant in that um, he, uh, I learned a lot from him, you know, in that. And also when I did Sully too, right. um, um, he was, he was always such a great statesman and uh, for how to conduct yourself as a, as a, uh, on a set yeah. and as, professional and as someone who you know um he can get movies greenlit you know i mean he's got a lot of gravitas and he has right. a lot of power and he's able and he's really gracious and it's just like what you want him to do, yeah. you know it's so lovely so i you know so um it was a lot of fun yeah. it was a lot of fun yeah i mean has there ever been a bad word said about him I don't think so. Not that I know. Right. No. And um, he's, he's so, um, you know, he doesn't suffer fools, you know, right. he's not a doormat in any way, you know, right. things. Um, uh, but it's, but he, he understands how to, how to um, engage with those kind of conversations and, and how to deal with, I mean, he, when we were doing Sully, he and Clint Eastwood were so gracious because um they're so loved. They're so beloved yeah. people, and it, it's it's a big deal if you can you know to meet them, let alone get a picture. And whenever they would come on the set, they were always lovely about you know getting if someone needed a picture taken, and you know or or uh, a question or saying hi or meeting or shake their hands. They were they were mm -hmm. really generous of spirit that way. And you know when you're working. You want to stay focused. So, um, as far as what you're you're doing, depending on what the scene is that you're shooting that day. So, for them to be that way when they're trying to concentrate is always so gracious to me. Um, and I I never witnessed them be unkind. You know. Yeah. So it was, it was great. Uh, they show you how to behave. Right. And just back to uh, Leroy Owen for a second. It being such like an inspirational women uh, movie for like girls, you know, in sports and whatnot like that. Have you like experienced any um, times where you know certain girls would come up to you and say, "You got me to play softball or even any any sport"? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I mean, the thing about the League of Their Own is is that it felt like when we went to uh, Wrigley Field for because they were honoring the 30th anniversary of it. We met a lot of uh, a lot of uh, women, a lot of girls, a lot of fans, you know, baseball fans, and also with the movie. 
and it really has um it we all felt that we were part of something larger than ourselves because it's had such an young girls and young women playing baseball softball uh, um so it was um it was very i i felt very kind of honored of being sort of an ambassador of, of that for you know uh for young women and and girls you know we met some you know girls that were anywhere between 12 and 15 and right. you know the game and um it was it was so lovely and sweet and moving and i felt very again privileged to have been in the movie to help you know the, the stories help you know inspire these young these young people to want to play now did you meet any of like the real life peaches when you were filming the yeah. movie? oh yeah that was great uh pepper pear davis she was a catcher um Mabel Blair, who turned 95 this year, she wow. was there with Wrigley Field. Oh, they're just so great in the stories of that period of time. You know, imagine. It, yeah, it was really, it was really amazing. There was, um, um, I don't know how much you want me to get into it, but um, whatever you want. <laughs> for, okay. Um, well, the thing that was so interesting to me was, you know, I grew up. I grew up in a time where there was political cynicism and where people were beginning to really, you know, after the 50s, you know, question and uh, our government, our politicians, their behavior, wanting accountability, not just trusting that whatever the government told you right. was the truth and that they weren't lying. Um, I think that not all politicians are liars, but I think there's predominantly most people don't trust politicians. Right my sense of it so talking to these um you know these women they during they did not grow up in political cynicism and so when world war ii was happening they really aside from loving the game they also felt like they were doing their part to keep baseball alive and do their part here at home because right. it's a national sport so and there was a there's a there's a certain level of trust and simplicity, not in an um, uninformed way, but just from an experience that, um, you know, the, what was happening was there was a good guy, there was a bad guy, guy. Um, people were down uh, uh, for this, for World War II and fighting the good fight. And um, there was a clarity of, and trust that what the government was saying was actually true. And so, you know, there wasn't that cynicism. They didn't have that cynicism, which was so interesting. I mean, they had other stuff that they had to, you know, some of them had to struggle with, um, you know, particularly if they if they were gay, you could not come out. So there, you had to be very um, discreet about that, but that was also very much part of the time for men as well. So um, it was a, uh, uh, Anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, no, absolutely. I mean, because that's such a big part of the last, you know, or our whole existence as a country, what was that time? And, you know, everyone doing their part. And, you know, those women certainly, certainly did, you know, to, you know, to carry on something which was an escape from the war. Yeah. You know, and, All you know. this stuff in the movie is 
you know, the stuff about them having to do hair and makeup and the skirts and the training and being a lady and all of that sort of stuff and traveling on the buses and all that yeah. uh, was all true. Mm. And, um, you know, basically the movie kind of took the archetypes of all of, of a course. lot of the women that were, yeah. you know, in the leagues. So it was, you know, it was about 11 years, but there wasn't really a, a farming system then. And when the guys came back, yeah, uh, they didn't, they didn't continue. So, What's been great is that um, since the, the movie, you know, kind of came out, there's been more of a development for girls' teams. Right. Teams, which has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in so many of the other sports, too, whether it's soccer, basketball, hockey, you know, they all have a women's league now. And I think it's, you know, it's absolutely great because, you know, girls, you know, these sports is growing more than, you know, the boys' sports now. And it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. And you know, my daughter plays soccer and, you know, it's, it's, it's great just to, you know, have them out there. It's, you know, it's a real like self-esteem building and, you know, great, you learn such great life skills, you know, playing sports as well. Yeah. Yeah. Team stuff, you know, absolutely. And you, you mentioned uh, Sully earlier. I'll just, you know, jump ahead a, a little bit, you know, playing Donna Dent, the flight attendant. I, I have a friend who's a flight attendant and she told me when she had a train for to become it, it it was so grueling she had so oh, much yeah. stuff uh, did you like go through all the all the training to become oh, yeah. the they gave they sent they gave us books of stuff. Right. and um you know one of if you want to have a flight attendant around you if anything happens right because the whole service part is like maybe five percent of what they learn but they the training for safety situations is so intensive and they have to do it every year right um one of the things that i i do feel badly about in the movie but i think they did it for story purposes is you know the woman that i played you know um is highly trained and she's you know like decades of being a flight attendant and that moment where i open the thing and i tell i, I open the door and i tell this one guy to jump right and he jumped in the water that would never have happened right i mean she had made sure that the the life raft was there if that was yeah. happening and so that I, I i i was not in a position where i could change the script or the story yeah uh, but i i do feel like you know it 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 um it didn't present her totally in the how qualified and how um, skilled she is at her mm -hmm. job, um, you know that that being said, you know. yeah. Did you ever have a conversation with her, like prior to filming or even after the movie came out? I never got a chance to meet her, okay. you know, um, uh, because they she went to the New York premiere and I couldn't go to that, so okay. um, I only went to the Los Angeles premiere of it. So, yeah. um, but they're really extraordinary. Women and, and you know the the uh, the things that flight attendants have to deal with is amazing. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's some of the behavior of people is just outrageous. You know. Yeah. You know. Anyway, it's um, there's uh, I have a great deal of respect for flight attendants, and I'm always so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah I, I i am too i mean because it seems like when everybody gets on a plane they immediately become like a toddler again 
And it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I know it's stressful traveling, but still everyone has to do their jobs and uh, get you where, to where you have to go safely. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And they they really they are trained to handle absolutely any kind of situation you could think of. They yeah. they're trained to do that. And then they have their yearly um, um, uh, touch ups. So right. Yeah. No, it's it, it's crazy. It, it really is. Now. I just recently finished uh, the third season of The Boys. I had a, you know, oh, I had a, I had a binge. yeah, I, I had a binge the show and I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I read the the graphic novel as well. And you're fantastic playing, uh, you know, Annie's mom. How much, like, did you draw like from any particular like showbiz mom to 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 play her? Um. Well, I've played a lot of moms in my career. Right. You know, I did. I was, you know, I, I did a lot of sitcoms and I played yeah. the, you know, the, the sitcom moms and, you know, um, so, but she was also very specifically written, you know, she's this yeah. kind of evangelical Christian, right? Right. Um, so, um, you know, that all plays into it. And Erin is so lovely and so yeah. to work with. So it was, you know, it's always so easy, you know, to do it. So, in, in a show like like that, and we'll get to Battle Call Saul in a little bit, but like when it's still when you're a recurring character and it's ongoing, do you like keep up with the show to watch? Yeah. Oh no. I I mean I I watch the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's crazy. Yeah. It pushes the envelope and it goes to places you went really right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm nuts. Um, but I you know the they're all such lovely people they're so bogey yeah. on the on the set and they're very kind and welcoming and always very generous with me when they don't have to be right um uh so it's a lot of fun and so i want to you know see what they're doing you know what they're doing because i don't get all the scripts i'm on you okay. know whatever whatever episode i'm doing yeah. right no the rest of the storylines and what the arcs are for the season i don't know so it's always so fun to to watch it in the insanity yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah <laughs> it totally <laughs> have you started filming anything for uh the next season yet uh no i'm supposed to go and shoot in february oh nice okay great yeah now if you could have one superpower which would it be think read minds okay what would yours be to be financially responsible because <laughs> i think that's a superpower now in this country <laughs> bring in money that seems like a good idea yeah that's you know <laughs> yeah either that or i think like either read minds or control minds but then that's kind of dangerous so then you're kind of like becoming a villain if you're going to control a mind so i probably don't want to do that <laughs> Oh, I don't want to hear those thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hearing everyone's thoughts. So, you know, or stopping time would be nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like freezing time. This way you can just sleep <laughs> when you can and just, you know, catch up on that and go on your way. I don't know. Or, or um, be invisible. That's good, too. But, you know, probably the worst is be able to talk to animals, right? <laughs> or actually animals like fish, like the deep. That's kind of a bad one. <laughs> so funny he plays it so straight it's really great yeah <laughs> it really is 
Now we mentioned Better Call Saul, and that show just ended a few months ago. And what a show! It was so great. Everyone is tremendous on on, on that show. And you played, you know, Chuck's wife, who, I mean, he should have won every award for that show, Michael McKean, because he was fantastic on 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 that show. Now, did you also continue watching that once that was over? Yeah, yeah, no, I did, I, I did, because it's a, it's a great show, and yeah. they're, they're, uh, it's a great show, and they're, they're great people, and it's, it's yeah. always, you know, you know, it's, it's seeing, it's how he, you know, I mean, the whole premise of, of Better Call Saul is, Breaking Bad was about, you know, Brian Cranston starting in this awful, terrible place, and yeah. he turns himself into this strong powerhouse gangster right. drug and uh this is about how saul um become how jimmy becomes saul when you see him in breaking bad so it whereas so it kind of works backwards you know right. how he started one way and then how he turns himself into being saul yeah. so you know that's that's interesting to see his his arc over these seasons yeah were Brian, you yeah, were you kind of surprised how it ended or no? No. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, 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 there's such great writers. What did you think? No, I, I thought. I mean, I thought it ended perfectly. You know, because a guy like that, he really can't get away, and he truly. I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, if anyone hasn't watched it, you know, turn it off for a couple minutes. Uh, they. He just really showed his love for, uh, you know, Rhea Seahorn, you know, and basically going to prison for her. Really wonder what happened to her during the time of Breaking Bad. This wasn't mentioned at all. It was kind of interesting how they did that. And it just showed his his love for her. You know, it really did. It's so lovely. They're such great people. Now, you mentioned you, you played Miles before. And one show that I really enjoyed, unfortunately, got one season was Maggie. That was oh, 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 that's so nice. You not many people have seen that, so you know that was. Uh, I yeah, love yeah, it was really uh, well written. Now, was it just the ratings that that was canceled it after one season? I think it was probably a combination of things. Actually, um, you know, that was uh, when Lifetime Lifetime had been doing um, mostly movie of the weeks up until right. that point, and my show and any day now, and then Cynthia Stevens' show um, yeah. were the three that they were trying to move into right so there was a a a changing of the guard um uh with the uh um in the in the show we ended up sort of changing showrunners i think there was a the the guy who created it yeah dan o'shannon you know he saw it going in one sort of direction and then kind of went you know knocked heads with, with the head of the the, um, lifetime. lifetime so he ended up sort of leaving and um i think it wasn't you know it was uh i think the ratings were okay i don't know that they were brilliant right and it something where lifetime decided they just it wasn't the kind of show they yeah no, yeah it was unfortunate because you know they pretty much nailed the casting i thought everyone was great in that show, uh, you know, John Slattery. I mean, I, I think he came out probably with, with silver hair. I mean, I've never seen him without silver hair. And he, he was fantastic. It was a good side to see him, which you haven't seen before. 
he's he's so talented, you know, and it's so lovely to see, you know, that he's gotten a lot of the roles that he has, you know, because he's he's amazing on stage and yeah. um and um you know Mad Men and then he did this series next and right and stuff. you know he just he can do any medium yeah just do anything really <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah absolutely now do you wh- where do you think the show would have gone if it won a second season like storyline wise um. I don't really know. I mean, I think, you know, it's also around the time of Clinton and Monica Lewinsky right. and affairs and all that kind of stuff. And so it was, it, it, I think the topic was also a little, you know, sort of, con- you know, controversial and maybe not yeah. great. You know, she's struggling with a change of life and her falling for this vet, but she's been with this, you know, her other, her husband for a long time. And, so I'm not I'm not sure where they would have gone. It probably would have still been. Um, I don't know what they would have done with it. Right. I mean, you'd still, you know, the basic premise is her struggling with in a marriage or yeah. leaving. What do you do with these kinds of feelings, and how do you? So I don't I don't know whether it would have gotten more into it. Yeah. Being uh, messy and finding our way right. out of it. But it is is a, it was a sitcom, so yeah, play yeah. Like right. And it's also a fine line, and like writing your husband's character because you want him to be likable as well as also have a reason for you to go to the John Slarity character as well. So it's kind of you know hovering you know uh, both sides there. Yeah, I mean, well, the the thing is, is that you what's what's tricky or what would have would would be very interesting is toward the fact that no one's a bad guy, you know, no yeah. one's being awful and right. really looking at that dilemma that, you know, which is, you know, I, I care and love my husband, but I'm also having these kinds of feelings. Yeah. What do you do? How do you make a choice? How do you figure out your way through all that stuff? Right. So um, it, it's, it's harder <laughs> explore that if there's yeah. no bad guy and someone's yeah. not the asshole or that kind of thing you know right interesting to you know to explore that because you know i'm sure i'm i'm pretty confident that there's a that goes on in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i would imagine so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then you know uh went from maggie to another maggie on star trek Star Trek Enterprise, and probably one of the most like uh, loved episodes of that show, uh, which you uh, had oh, like that's so lovely that you liked it because I don't know that a lot of people have seen that. So oh, okay, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I, I'm a big Star Trek fan. But I'm not really a fan of that show, Enterprise, as much because it was kind of. But your episode really stood out. It was kind of like a kind of like a telling about a love story of when a Vulcan came, you know, the Vulcans came back, you know, from since the fifties and, you know, fell in love with your character. Uh, you must've been happy or maybe you weren't that you didn't have to go through like four hours of makeup to become an alien on Star Trek. Right. I was very fortunate. I just, yeah. got like I was in the forties again, which was really yeah. fun. So I love period. Shows and films. 
So yeah, what were what were you like a fan of the original show or any of the like science fiction growing up or no? Yeah, you know, the one with um I mean what was really fun was um uh you know I actually watched the show when I was a kid. Okay. And actually got to work with the original Captain Kirk. Okay. On That's right, so yeah. That was really so that was a thrill because I loved the show. You yeah. Know, when I was a kid. You know, that was really, yeah, that was a little, ooh. right. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like even being in like the business so many years after like League of Their Own getting starstruck with that cast, you would still get starstruck with certain actors even years into your I career. Still, I still get, I mean, I, you know, anybody, uh, I, I, I still get starstruck and, yeah. and uh, I, I can't believe i'm like actually you know like i worked on this um show which will be coming out on showtime called ripley and it should be coming out this year and it's with andrew scott and i i just he's so talented and he's so good and it was just so excited you know right (laughs) you know the priest and you know he's a He's got an amazing sort of resume. So it's, um, you know, I, I still am always pinch myself when I get to work with people who are so skilled and talented. And, you know, it's, I don't, I don't take it for granted because it's, it just feels like a, I know I've said this word before, but it, I, I do. It just feels like such a privilege to work with talent like that because right. it's not, it's not the norm. And, you know yeah so. yeah no i mean like yes i'm I can, I, yes yeah <laughs> and you know, yeah and then you know doing that you know we get started in like a ton of you know shows whether it's sitcoms or dramas how important is like the cast you know the series regulars welcome welcoming in like a guest star to make them comfortable have you experienced like any hostility negativity in your time? Uh, no. Um, most most of the shows that I've been on, and I've been I've been very lucky. Um, everybody understands that you know you may be a series regular now, but you could be a guest star or do recurring stuff later. So mostly any show that I've been on, uh, the series regulars have been very you know will make an effort to say hi. They'll welcome you. You know, you may not go have lunch with them or something right. like that, but they'll always carry like friendships and um, and uh, well, um, some people I've stayed in t- contact with, and they, you know, some people you just click, and some people you don't, but not in any negative way. Just yeah. you know, it's a working situation, and that's what it is, and you kind of get on with it. But I've never. Um, you know, I've been on sets where there's been uh, issues where one of the, you know, one of the, um, you know, series regular has had a, you know, a personal issue. So there's a dynamic that's going on in the set and you're walking into that right. and it's, you know, how to kind of navigate the emotional dynamics that are happening, which you don't know the full story of. So yeah. but, uh, I've never been. You know, no one's ever been unkind to me. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to like reunite with Haley Joe Osment when he guest starred on The Boys? No, we weren't shooting at the same time, you know. So I um he's such a oh it was so I was working on the um Jeff Foxworthy show. I was playing Jeff's wife and right. yeah, and so was, you know. Jonathan Nicky and they were just absolutely adorable and that's when Jonathan you know Jerry Maguire you know that all sort of happened and right. sense with you know Haley Joel and they were just just such lovely good you know good kids and you know I just you know I haven't really stayed in touch with them at all but you know I'll, I'll you know, occasionally be able to see them on certain things, and right. it's sad that I wasn't able to see Haley when he was shooting. Yeah, no, he's he's had a a good adult career. I, I feel you know anything that he's been, he's he's really stood out in in, in his role. So I'm, I'm glad because sometimes you know child actors, it's, you know, it's kind of difficult. But anytime he's been in something, he's he's really been good. Yeah, he's he's a. I mean, he was a little pro when I worked with him on. Jeff Foxworthy, I couldn't believe how disciplined and focused, and, and he was just—you know—he knew his lines, he knew what to do, he followed direction. I mean, it was—it was really impressive. I was like, "Ooh, wow! All right, I need to step up my game." Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you about a movie that's probably a cult classic. Now, when it came out, it got ripped. I loved it. I saw it in the theater. My wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, still hates me for it. Tank Girl. And I, I absolutely love oh, the movie. Yeah, you know, you, you played Subgirl and you got to, you know, reunite with, you know, Laurie Petty again. So oh, I got the role. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. She she's the one who, who suggested me for it. So which or or gave the thumbs up or whatever. Yeah. So she was absolutely in me with being subgirl. So that was really that was fun and crazy. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were in Arizona. It was 110 degrees. And yeah. you know, these guys were in three and a half hour prosthetics. Everything yeah. that they had to, had to do it was just, it was crazy. It was yeah. Just... yeah. Now, like when a movie comes out like that and maybe the critics hate it and it doesn't do well in the box office, like, what like how does that like, affect you? Like I know you go into a role, you give it all, you think you you've done it, but like the audience and critics don't like it. How does that affect you? Well, um, you have, you have to kind of learn very early on what you have control over and what you don't, and um, unless you're, you know, like Tom Hanks or or um, uh, you can't. You know, you, you you don't have a whole lot of say about that, right. you know. So you kind of have to let go early on. Whether you know, uh, the only thing that you can control is your own performance, and even that right. gets edited. So yeah. you know, you have to, you kind of have to um, make peace with it and see what it was. You know, you know, see, okay, this is what I, you know, this is what the script was. And now this is what they, you know, the story they've chosen to tell. I know that with Tank Girl during that particular time, um, 
Rachel Talale, who was the director of it. I mean, it's a, it's, if you, the, the very nature of it, you have to commit to because right. it's so out there. Yeah. So I think the studio started to afraid. And so they started, you know, they started to mess with uh, trying to pull it back or soften it or don't make it so you, you can't do yeah, that. Right. Ultimately affected what, you know, the film that she was able to do. Um, you know, the story she wanted to tell as opposed to the one that, you know, the um, studio is getting afraid of. So, so it, um, you know, Lori was and looked fantastic in it. Um, I, I think it's, it was one of those things where the studio, I think, got um, too involved in the editing process and didn't let her. Because, you know, it was really fun and I just kind of came in and did my little sub girl thing and I got to wear the British flag and my hair was, you know, crazy. And it was really fun. Um, some movies are really fun to do, but they don't end up great. Um, you know, once they are, they're more, they are when they're finally edited and together, you know? Yeah. That's also why I think the, the book that happens yeah, so I think also how, how the boys like how it works so well because they didn't kind of like edit it down to how it wasn't in the graphic novel. They just you know committed fully, and I think that's why it, you know it, it, that show works as well. You got if you're going to go if you're going to do something like and that's also you know a, a sort of a dark satire too. So you, know, right. you gotta you gotta go for it. Yeah. Otherwise, absolutely. Now, you probably had your best death scene. I don't know how many times you've died on camera, but in Fargo, playing the judge, that was a fantastic oh, death that scene. that was so fun. Yeah. That was so fun. <laughs> I got shot. It was just all, all it was all good. Yeah. Know? That was a, that was, I, I was very, uh, um, that was great. You know, I spent half a day lying on a table with a mixture of, vanilla ice cream and some kind of like raspberry syrup they made for mud, you know. Right. Just, 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 yeah. And I know you, yeah. Oh yeah, he, he was fantastic. Know. Yeah, he was fantastic. And you want to feel remorse, but you know, you send back the burger, you had the bug spray in your purse, so it's like, yeah, I don't really feel so bad for you dying. <laughs> Well, I was a little bit, of, you know. Yeah, I just was just a crusty person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, not only are you a great actress, you're a fantastic singer, and you have your own band. You know, Anne Cusack and Generation oh, Joe band. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fun. You know, you know, I'm a Chicago gal, so. Um, you know, I play the blues. <laughs> blues. You know, I'm absolutely no Big Mama Thornton. I am right. not Taylor. I'm not Etta James. I don't think I embarrass myself, but you know, I, you know, I, it's um, it's just really fun. So we do mostly R and B and and some classic blues stuff. You know, fun. Yeah. Mostly around Los Angeles. I'm trying to line up a gig in. In London because I spend half my time there, but okay, um, it's 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 really fun. That's just great joy. 
Yeah. You, you got to somehow uh, do a show in New York. Oh, but, I'd love to. Yeah. I would love to. That, that, that'd be great. So how did that first come about? Well, I've always kind of sung um, uh, throughout most of my life. I When I first went away to school, I was studying musical theater and then, you know, left and, and then went more uh, just primarily um, active training. And um, so I've, it's always been in the background of my life. And then, um, you know, about, let's see, what would I, you know, some, sometime in the, the, uh, sort of late 90s I, I hooked up with this blues band I kind of auditioned and um called blues adjacent and so we were we did a lot of singing and doing gigs around LA and then it just sort of uh you know kind of morphed into you know over the years into you know me having the band mm -hmm. so and it's really fun that's awesome yeah what where can people like you know check out the music well, you know, you can always go to my website and I'll, I'll, you know, when I have gigs lined up, I, I post that and then, um, or on, on Facebook and that kind of thing. So, you know, yeah. I got some social media stuff that, you know, I'll yeah. put it on. Right. Is, is the national anthem still the hardest song to do? It is hard. It's, it's mostly because of the range. Right. You know, so, uh, you gotta hit. You gotta start it on the right note, or you're you're done. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's uh it was really fun um doing it uh at Wrigley Field, like I had said earlier. Yeah. Um, and I got everybody in the stadium to sing with me, so that was really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Have you done the seventh inning stretch yet at Wrigley? Pardon? Have you done the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley yet? Yeah. No, I did that too. Oh, oh, wow. I, I know John did it. I don't know. You, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we did that. Uh, myself, Megan Cavanaugh, Tracy Reiner, um, you know, Megan's daughter, and uh, I, I mean, um, Penny's daughter, Tracy Reiner, oh. and her granddaughter, okay. uh, Viva. We all went up and did the, the seventh inning stretch. Oh, that's great. It was. It was. I mean, that's a, that was a bucket. It seemed like, well, why bother putting it on the bucket list? Because that's never going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, oh. Was, now I want to sing it all the time. Yeah, I want to do it in, Austin, do it in LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's such a different atmosphere at Wrigley compared to like other places, you know. And I, I've I've only been there a couple of times, and it's it's absolutely so much fun. Well, it is. It's you know that and Fenway Park are the the last remaining original stadiums, you know. So it still has you know from when it was first when they were first. So, you know, the, your, um, not that it hasn't been modernized in certain ways, yeah. but, you know, the fact is still the, 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 you know, the, the ball field, the diamond is all, you know, yeah. it's still all, all the same and, you know, it's just so historic. So it's just got a great, it's just got a great feel to it. Yeah, I, I used to work at both ESPN and MLB Network, so I was fortunate enough to like do both those stadiums and be on the field in the back and locker. So it was great. And I'm a Yankee fan, but I miss the old stadium because the new one is just doesn't cut it for me. So yeah, yeah, it's it's you know they're they're about getting more seats in there. Of course. And, 
I mean, one of the things that was so fantastic um, shooting uh, A League of Their Own was we shot in a um, AAA stadium. So there's, you you know, you're so close to the, the diamond. So right. you feel like you're a part of it. Yeah. And they had period garbage and, you know, all the extras were, were in their period clothing. They had period food. So right. in the moment, there was one time where we were up in Penny took the camera and the PP and the and was up in like the press box and you didn't see any um any other anybody else other than uh the ball players and all of the um all of the extras and it felt like you were back in 1943. Wow. Because everything you saw was dressed and whether it was the stadium whether it was the people whether it was the garbage whether it was all from 1943 so it was it was kind of this weird magic kind of moment where you yeah. it back for a minute or you got an idea of what it must have felt like then you know right but the stadiums you really feel like you're more a part of the game yeah you're much closer yeah to yeah i love going to minor league games it's great it's 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 so much fun it's really good but and I really appreciate your time today. This was absolutely fantastic. Uh, oh, so lovely. I appreciate all the questions, and you, you, you clearly did your homework and brought up a lot of shows and things that I hadn't. It's like, oh, that's right, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you were lovely to talk with, and thank you for being so gracious and and kind with me. And a special thanks to Anne for joining me today. And if you want to go check out the sitcom Maggie, you can check it out on YouTube. All the episodes are available. If you want to follow her on social media, she's on Twitter at Anne Cusack. Her website is AnneCusack.com. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the first all 19 or like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes and check out all the past episodes. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically, wherever you can find a podcast. New episode comes out every week. Stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then. <laughs>